Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We do invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday, you may call in live at 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. On this month's visits to the pastor's study, we'll be delving into issues regarding Christianity and the civil realm, or if you will, church and state. I want to prod your thinking about what the Bible says about the relation of church and state and how Christians can and should be involved in both and why. Over the years that I did weekly Bible studies at our local Long Island public high school, I enjoyed speaking with the school security guards and reminding them that they were just as much ministers as I am. And of course, that got their attention. What I meant by that was what the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament book of Romans in the 13th chapter, where he gives God's word about the role of civil government, governing authorities, Paul wrote, and that includes anyone vested with authority in a culture, kings, presidents, governors, mayors, policemen, and policewomen, and so on. Governing authorities are, quote, God's servants, or God's ministers, for our good. At least, that's what they're meant to be. Governing authorities have been instituted by God. To resist them in their lawful actions and decisions is to resist God himself. They're to carry out God's wrath on wrongdoers. In other words, they're instruments of God's justice in civil society. And they're meant to be God's servants for our good, and that's accomplished when these rulers or governing authorities are terrors not to good conduct, but to bad conduct. Now, sadly, sometimes the opposite is true. Think of how rulers in the United States and in other countries have become terrors to the unborn by promoting the genocide of abortion. Well, in short, all governing authorities on every level are meant to be God's instruments to restrain wickedness in their jurisdictions and not to encourage it and there to be God's instruments to encourage good behavior and not discourage that. And that's the basic way that we're to pray for all in authority over us, from presidents, legislators, governors, mayors, the police, and judges. We don't pray for judges as we should. We often don't even think about them unless we're involved in a legal case that brings us before a judge. But judges are crucial to the good order of our society, in fact, of any society. They must know the law, and they must know how it applies in particular situations. They're not to make laws, but they're to correctly interpret the laws that bear on their sphere of justice. And, like King Solomon of ancient Israel, judges need wisdom to decide rightly and fairly when difficult cases are presented to them. And sin as a way of making many judicial cases very challenging to both judges and juries. Today I want to give you a window on the judge's bench from a Christian who serves in that place and in that capacity. 
In the general election of November 3, 2015, Joseph Girardi was elected a judge of the Nassau County District Court in New York, and Judge Girardi is a committed Christian, a member of Trinity Church, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church that meets in Syosset, New York. Judge Joseph Girardi is an ideal guest for today's program, a Christian on the judge's bench. If you're listening on Saturday, you can call in with your questions. That live call-in number, 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions any time in the week, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Judge Joseph Girardi, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Pleasure talking with you. Oh, we've got a lot to do today and not a lot of time in which to do it. So what was your legal background before you were elected to serve as judge of the Nassau County District Court in New York? Well, I served with the Queens County District Attorney's Office as an assistant district attorney prosecuting criminal cases uh, for three and a half years, a little more than three and a half years. Then I was in private practice as a criminal defense attorney for 27 years. I was appointed to the Nassau County District Court by the county executive in January of 2015 and then ran in November of 2015 for a full six-year term and was elected. So basically all of my background as an attorney has been in criminal matters, everything from traffic tickets to homicide. Well, prosecuting attorney, defense attorney, and now a judge. Tell us, uh, Judge Girardi, now, tell us what your specific work is as a judge. I mean, what, what's your day like? Uh, I lost you. Your your specific work as a judge, what are you doing now in that capacity? Right now, I'm in one of the driving while intoxicated parts. In Nassau County, most of the DWI cases or driving while under the influence of drugs cases as misdemeanors come in front of me or another judge. Some go to a few different parts, but I have a, a significant plurality of uh, the DWI and driving while under the influence of drug cases in Nassau County. Wow. Uh, and as you know, there's been a major crackdown uh, throughout uh, the country with driving while intoxicated, and, and the crackdown's been pretty successful. You must be one busy man. Yes, we are. It's busy. There are a lot of cases. There are a lot of roads in Nassau County, the same with our neighboring county of Suffolk County, uh, a lot of the cases of DWIs or driving while under the influence of narcotics or combined driving while under the influence of alcohol and drugs at the oh, same time. Oh my. So we're pretty busy. There's a lot of action. What, what are the things that you need to balance or factor in as you make your decisions, Judge Girardi? Well, in, in any kind of criminal matter, and uh, whether they're DWIs or felonies or robberies, larcenies, domestic violence, drug cases, two things you have to balance. A judge has got a duty to keep the streets safe, but he also has a duty, or she has a duty, to protect individual liberty. Um, when I ran, I was, I was on the Republican line, the conservative line, and the independence line, and there's a strong libertarian streak in those lines to... Be for law and order, be for safe streets, but also protecting the rights of the individual. If you have individual liberty without law and order, you always end up with anarchy. But if you have law and order without individual liberty, you always end up in tyranny. And every day on every case, we have to walk that balance. 
Uh, that's that gives us a fascinating insight into our whole culture. I would, of course, that would be for another program, though. But very, yes. very insightful. So, so tell us what are some of the specific challenges that you face as a Christian judge? How does your faith commitment make you different from other judges who, who don't share your Christian faith? Well, I, I can't comment on what other judges do and, and how their faith or lack of faith affects them. I can tell you with myself, I have to hold the individuals accountable, uh, and I also have to hold the government accountable. In other words, individuals who get convicted of crimes, whether after trial by a judge or a jury or by a guilty plea, there's jail time, there's probation, there's fines, there's community service. I also have to hold the government accountable. They have to be ready to, do, to have their trials and be ready to, to proceed within a certain amount of time. They have a burden of proof and a burden of going forward with the evidence that they have to maintain. And you have to be on the lookout for illegally obtained evidence, which must be suppressed and excluded. So, again, you, what you do is you're holding both sides accountable um, in the criminal realm. Now, you have latitude in the, in the punishments that you can mete out, correct? Yes, there is latitude. There are certain mandatory minimums. For example, on many of the violent felonies, there are mandatory minimum amounts of jail time that if the person is convicted of that felony, they must serve. And uh, on certain misdemeanors have jail time, but it's very rare. What's more likely on the misdemeanors are mandatory fines, mandatory surcharges. Uh, for example, on the DWI cases, there are mandatory minimum fines, surcharges. And then on top of that, I can impose jail, I can impose probation. I can impose community service. I can impose combinations of all three. So what are some of the factors that enter into how you make your decision regarding the, the, the punishment? Well, um, the age of the individual, what yeah. they're actually convicted of, not necessarily what they're charged with, because sometimes people get charged of one crime but are convicted of a much less serious crime what their background is, whether they've been in trouble before, whether they've been convicted of crimes before, whether they have a family, whether they're employed. Uh, on a DWI case, you might want to look at, for example, is there an accident? Uh, if there was an accident, did the person try and flee the scene? Did they resist their arrest? Did they cooperate with the authorities? Is it a first-time offense? or Have there been previous offenses in the past? So there's a, a number of things you'll look at in determining whether to give jail, probation, fines, or a conditional discharge, community service. You really look at, you have, you know, Pastor, Pastor Bill, you have general trends in criminal cases, yet at the same time, you have to be fact-specific and judge each case on its own particular circumstances. Fascinating. My guest today is Judge Joseph Girardi, who serves as a judge of the Nassau County District Court in New York. And we're getting a window on a Christian on the judge's bench, and we've got a lot more to do. We'll get to it after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. 
It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today, a Christian on the judge's bench, my guest, Joseph Girardi, a judge serving on the Nassau County District Court in New York, and he's also a committed Christian and a member of Trinity Church, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, meeting in Syosset, New York. You can text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391, or if you prefer, you can email me your questions at Visit Pastor Bill. That's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Judge Girardi, you made the point to me that your work is something like the work of a pastor, and it demands the same kind of character. And I was intrigued by that because as a governing authority, you are called a minister of God, just as I am. Talk with us about that. Well, you know, I think two things are important. Whether you're on the bench or any type of employment, whether you're an attorney, a police officer, an elected official, I think as a Christian we have to keep our eyes on a couple of things the importance of prayer, and the importance of reading the Bible every day. Um, there's a wealth of knowledge, and I read excerpts of either Proverbs or the New Testament or both every day. There's a wealth of knowledge in there, and a lot of that knowledge speaks to people who are making decisions in society. For example, you've got to be careful in any kind of position of authority that you do not get drunk with power, because it's easy to do so. It's easy to get a false sense of yourself, and, you know, as judges, we have to remind ourselves it's a robe. It's not a cape. We're not a superhero, and it's not bulletproof. <laughs> so we've got to make sure that we do not get so consumed with ourselves and with power, uh, because that really warps our decision-making. We've got to treat people with dignity and respect. And the Bible warns us uh, about keeping an open mind. I, I, I can't quote you the Scripture, but something to the effect about do not come to a decision before hearing all sides. <laughs> And it also talks to us about do not rule for the wealthy because they're wealthy. On the other hand, do not rule for the poor out of pure sympathy just because they're poor. Both sides have got to be entitled to their day in court. Both sides have got to be treated fairly, and both sides have got to be held accountable, whether they're rich or poor. They've got to be held accountable for what they do. That's fascinating. Yeah, the, the text in Proverbs is more blunt than you are. It says a fool hears only one side of a matter. <laughs> so you, right. uh, you know, something, and, and here's the thing. There are cases. You see, I see a lot of the same type of cases every day. But you can't jump to conclusions. 
You have to do the work. You have to go through the procedures because a case, whether it's a DWI case or a robbery or a rape or a larceny or a drug case, whatever it is, it may seem to be one way at first glance. But then if you look at all the facts and circumstances and hear from both the prosecution and the defense, very often it's not the way it first seems. So you've got to do the work. A judge has got to be open-minded, do the work. You can't walk in saying, well, I've seen this case a thousand times before, because that's how injustice happens. Well, fascinating. Of course, what the Bible says about listening as well. We have Craig on the line. Craig with his question. Craig, give us your question, and then you can hang up, and we'll let Judge Girardi answer it for you. Welcome, Craig. Well, thank you, Bill. Um, my question is, do you get tired of all the evil you con- uh, confront on a daily basis? And yes, I'll hang up because I can't hear the, ge- yeah. the guest over the phone. Oh, okay, thanks, Craig. Yeah, the question is, do you get tired uh, when you hear the same evil in our culture on a daily basis? No, no, I don't. You know, it, it, we have we have to confront evil, and as part of the the job of the judge to keep the streets safe, we have to confront these. And you know what they uh, some one of our founding fathers said, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. We have to stay in it. We have to stay in the fight. The Apostle Paul warned about finishing the race strong. We can't allow ourselves to get tired, and we can't allow ourselves to get jaded, because in addition to confronting evil, there are cases every day in every state of the Union where innocent people get arrested. And I can tell you as a defense attorney for 27 years, I've had at least a couple of hundred people who are completely innocent. So when you, talk, when you start to get tired, and you, become, you can become jaded, and that's how injustice can result. Well, wow. the parallels with the ministry are remarkable. In, in your work, you're restraining iniquity, but we should not become weary of iniquity as ministers because the gospel is transforming people. Fascinating. How is a judge—I mean, you're dealing with a culture of victimhood, Judge Girardi. How, how do you try to promote individual responsibility in our culture of victimhood? Well, you know— Sometimes one of the worst things you can do for an individual uh, is to absolve them from responsibility and from accountability. When I was a defense attorney, uh, very often when I'd represent young people and get them off scot-free, it created a false sense of invulnerability, and it delayed their acceptance of responsibility. Um, People have to be held accountable. Um, They don't necessarily... You know, depending upon what a person is convicted of, there may be jail, there may be probation, there may be fines, there may be community service, but people have to be accountable for what they do. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be fully punished, but there has to be some degree of accountability for actions. When we don't do that, then the people that victimize us are not held accountable. The people we victimize are uh, not given justice. So... There really has to be accountability, and and all too often, uh, I think there's a danger that we can, uh, that the danger that we think we're helping someone when in fact we're not. We're uh, enabling them and abetting them in their lack of being responsible and their lack of being considerate to their fellow citizens. So I think a lot of times the victimhood mentality is damaging. Just out of curiosity, is there an average number of cases that you hear a day? 
anywhere between 20 and 40 cases a day, a depending day. on how busy we are. Uh, many of those are conferenced. Um, some of those result in pleas. Some they have hearings, pretrial hearings perhaps, to suppress evidence. And some cases go to trial. Most of the cases either plead out uh, or are dismissed. Fascinating. You mentioned young men and women in a different context a moment ago, but what about young men and young women who want to serve as judges? What would be your your counsel to them as, as they look ahead to their career path? Well, it, it, before you jump in the water, stick your foot in, because live, being a judge is in many ways similar to being a pastor in that you live in a fishbowl. Every single thing you do is under scrutiny, when they walk in the courtroom, almost all the time, people are looking up at the judge. People looking at what the judge says, what the judge does. There are rules on how you can conduct yourself, what you can do, what you can't do. Once you're on the bench, you have to stay clear, for the most part, of politics. You can't say and do the things that you could do when you're a normal attorney or a regular person that you can do as a judge. So there are a lot of restrictions on what you can, on how you have to behave. So before you jump into it, realize there are going to be restrictions on your uh, on your activity. Yeah, counting the cost. What, what about training? I mean, I would imagine in every case you're talking about law school, serving yes. as a defense attorney. Yes. Is it a benefit to be serving for a time as a defense attorney and then as a prosecuting attorney? Um, generally, people will start out with the district attorney's office or uh, some prosecutor's office, and then go to private practice. Some start out with some form of legal aid or court-appointed attorney, but generally you don't see people going from defense to prosecution. It does happen. I've seen it. But generally people go from prosecution and then to defense. The defense. But you, you've got to graduate law school. You've got to get trained. Um, the, the more trial experience you have, uh, I think the better suited you are the more courtroom experience you have, because you're better suited to dealing with people as opposed to someone who's just doing, for example, appellate work. You're, you're dealing more with other attorneys, you're dealing with witnesses, you're dealing with police officers, dealing with prosecutors. So I, I think that being, if you wanted to be a judge, in my opinion, you're probably better suited if you uh, have experience with litigation. Fascinating. My thanks to Joseph Girardi, a judge serving on the Nassau County District Court in New York, a member of Trinity Church, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, meeting in Syosset, New York. Uh, judge Girardi, as you can tell, uh, teeming with information and one very fascinating individual. Well, for today's counsel from the pastor's study, I want to impress upon you the other side of the work of governing authorities who are meant to be ministers or servants of God. And that other side is your responsibility and mine to submit to those in authority over us. In the New Testament book of Romans, once again, chapter 13, the Apostle Paul speaks of both being subject to the governing authorities, because they're appointed by God, and being in subjection, that is having a spirit of submission for conscience' sake, because that's the right conduct in the sight of God. Now, I am very aware that things are changing rapidly in our culture and that there are and will be times when Christians, for conscience' sake, 
must obey God rather than disobey God by obeying man. No civil authority on any level has the right to order or compel a person to disobey the law of God. If you must risk losing your medical license because you refuse to participate in the killing of the unborn, the newly born, or the elderly, well, then you must risk losing your medical license. God will provide for you. But those cases are far from the vast majority of cases where we are called by God to obey the governing authorities. We're to pay our taxes. We're to respect all those in authority, even when we disagree with them. We're to obey laws that don't call us to disobey God. Let me think of speed limits on highways, for example. And when we receive an order from a judge, honor it by showing obedience as a Christian. Appeal, if you believe that's the right thing to do, but be subject to the judge as a governing authority. The governing authorities really have been instituted by God, and that's meant for your good and for mine. My thanks to Nassau County, New York District Court Judge Joseph Girardi for being my guest on today's A Visit to the Pastor's Study. And I want to thank you for listening. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs at sermonaudio.com. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is where you search, or you can go to our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Like us on Facebook and share the program and the weekly pastor's post with others. We appreciate your feedback and your questions. You can email me, visit Pastor Bill, all one word, visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.